good vibes. A good evening. I do not attempt to adjust your radio. There is nothing wrong. The Knutsons. have taken control as to bring you this special show. Who are the Knutsons? Only good vibes. Only good vibes is the plan. Only good vibes, good vibes. Okay, this is called the Knutson Effect. How's things, Wardle? How you been holding out in this crazy year? Are you okay? Oh yeah, how about you? I'm hanging out, hanging in there like everybody. Yeah, yeah, we've just been uh, bringing people like yourself together and trying to spread some good vibes through the Zoom chats and just try to unite yeah. people through the music and the, the love of the music. And it's, it's amazing how many people have had to come on and chat and support what we are doing and support what you guys are doing. So thanks for taking time out. Thank you for having me. You, you've, been, you've been busy, busy, busy with the, with the, new, the new single. Yes, legendary, legendary. Yeah, we're uh, doing what we can, you know, moving forward. Uh, yeah, yeah. In a couple of weeks, we'll be moving forward with some some promotional things. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So how, how did that single come about then? What was the, the process behind the recording and things? The process yeah. of... Uh, yeah, especially during COVID and things like that. Uh, well, the process was a little challenging. This time around, because, you know, we this is like our third attempt on my on my label, Hypergirl uh-huh. Records. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, Be Sure and then Distant Star and now Legendary. So it was a little challenging. You know, we had some kinks in the road, if you will. You know, but we got through it and, and Troy's just been awesome. Yeah. You know, we all need to see him. He needs to come over here and say hello. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're really enjoying the track, and if we say this to the viewers, you need to check out this new track because it really is outstanding, isn't it, John? We're really, Thank enjoy- you. really, Absolutely. really enjoying it. Thank you. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I'm glad you are. Thank you there's, so much. There's such a great revival for like uh, dance-based music as well. There's such a great merge of disco with house music again, and there's just it's such a great time in the music scene for for such a bad year. It's positive, positive times for the music. So it's yeah, it's great to hear it. We're really, really enjoying it. Yeah, we were. That's what we were hoping to do with this song because it is like a real happy kind of, you know, song. You know, lifting up your spirits and lifts up my spirits. Uh, whenever I hear it, and when I was actually uh, recording it, mm-hmm. yeah, I really, really loved uh, "Legendary." I loved doing that in the studio. So yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you all are like. You know, I'm glad you're loving music thank you so much yeah, yeah how have you been recording like during the the covid era if you want to call it that have you been recording vocals at home or have you been doing it elsewhere uh, no actually yeah we went into uh keith lowry's studio uh keith oh, yeah. lowry is the producer yeah. for the project that we're doing he's uh working through group control roof control um and uh he has like a team of musicians and their artists mm-hmm. yeah Brilliant. It's, a, it's a challenging yeah. time to record music i think isn't it it's a very challenging time to be recording and being creative but it's good to see you guys yeah putting the creative energy into writing music and looking at a more positive outcome yes i mean it's something that uh i've been doing for a very long time now as you know you, you mm-hmm. know I, i've been recording since i was 16 when i was with the group and then as a single artist, I started recording at the age of 22. So 
been doing this a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to give anything away, but it's been about 44 years now, a little, a little over 44 years now for me, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, long time. As, you seem as inspired as ever, Wardle. You seem as <laughs> more inspired than ever, maybe. <laughs> is, that, is that a fair point? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's just an honor to be able to still be doing what I enjoy doing, which is my music. And recording, yep. of course, I've I continue to do over the years recording. So uh, I'm just, I, I feel so grateful I'm able to continue to still do this, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there's a, such a revival going on for the, at the minute for the just positive, uplifting, uh, kind of good vibe music. There's such a great revival and such positivity going around. So it's great to... I've been chasing up Troy for ages to get you on here. For, <laughs> <laughs> Troy, will probably, he's probably sick of my messages at this point. <laughs> he's all gone. Never. Is that, never is that Scottish guy? Is that Scottish guy again? <laughs> yeah, Troy has absolutely been a godsend. Um, you know, he has just been doing so many amazing things for my career. Um, we've actually, you know, Hypergirl Records has just just celebrated our year yep. uh, anniversary. Like we started in 2019, so we are in 2020, and legendary, we believe, will probably be that. We're hoping that it'll be that song, you know, yeah, that everybody yeah. will love and embrace, and yep. try to put all our love in it and. Yeah. appreciate we, we do appreciate all the support yeah, we really yeah. do and love we always like to take things back to to the start as well when we interview people and how they started to get into the music uh, we're looking over your very impressive career and i understand you started singing at the the age of five and, and yes. gospel. Can you tell us yes. all about, about that and how that all started well i started with my siblings yeah uh, we were called the piper children and uh, my mother started us singing in the churches. We did gospel music. Probably. And um, I've been singing since I was five. All of us are like stair-step kids. So I was five. My sister Dee was four. My brother Glenn was three. My wow. sister Charlita was like a little baby. So <laughs> that's how we started out. And we continued to sing for a very long time. We sang up until like uh, I was in my early 20s when we stopped. Right. But it sounds like you guys could sing before you learned how to talk. <laughs> <laughs> My dad said that I was dancing and singing in the crib. So <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> you're destined for the destined for fame, I think, Wardle. Eh? Destined for this, this lifestyle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. So, what, what was Philadelphia, wasn't it? Philadelphia, you are you brought up in, was it around Philadelphia? We were brought to Philadelphia in 1968. I'm mm-hmm. originally from Albany, New York. Albany, New York. All right, capital. right. Yeah, Albany, the capital of New York State. Yeah. It's my hometown. Right. And that's where I got my start as far as music is concerned. Ah, okay. And, yeah. Um, my mother started a singing when I, I was a little girl. And then later on, uh, I started playing the piano and clarinet at a very early age as well. Mm-hmm. So I've always been in the performing arts. I was in a choir, different choirs, different or- orchestras, yeah. things like that yeah, growing up. Mm-hmm. And what was like your first break into the music industry? You know, going from the, the, the gospel and things like that and then going into the industry, what was that kind of stepping stone for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. A whole lot of artists, uh, recording artists, got their start in the church, as you know. Yeah. It's like the first audience that I had, 
you know, growing up was, was the church and uh, made you really feel good about what you were doing. You know, yeah. it was like, you know, they thought we were really cute because we were little kids, you know. So, <laughs> you know, when I noticed that, I was like, wow, I kind of like this, you know. So, yeah, it was it was almost like you, you had like um, like this, this confirmation that it's OK oh. to do what you're doing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's why I I, I, I kind of liked it because they made us feel like it was okay, you know, what we were doing. Great. I think that's that's a good positive start to music, whereas maybe nowadays with the social media-driven world, it's all about possibly trying to chase fame, possibly, whereas someone like yourself starting off in, in with the Gospels, you just done it for the love and the passion of the that's music. That's absolutely right, Paul. That's absolutely right. I'm yeah. glad that you said that because that's absolutely the truth. Yeah. You know, um, most of us from that era, uh, the early era, like in the 60s and the 70s, you know, we were really into the music. We mm -hmm. loved the music. It was, it was, that's how I've always felt about music. It was mm -hmm. just something that I do, whether I'm performing for anyone or not. I just love music. Yep. I love doing what I'm doing. So whether I'm doing it in front of, thousands or other, you know, an audience or I'm doing it to an audience of one. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I am good. Yeah. I think that's important, isn't it? Just to really feel it and be passionate about it and they'll let the rest, take, take, let the rest take care of itself, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that the 70s, we, we look back at the 70s, I'm not I'm trying to show our age, but me and John were born a little bit after that, but <laughs> we, we always look back to that era and we just get so mesmerised and so inspired by it because it really did look like everybody was enjoying the music. It looked like it was a real, just a real special, magical time for It was. Music. It really was. It was that. Yeah. Absolutely was a magical time, a musical magical time. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Yes. What we appreciate now that, you know, you all want to know more about what we've done. And, yeah, you know, that means a lot. It does. It means a lot. Especially the way that things happened during that time, you know, until social media came to be. Yeah. Some of us never really knew that we you know, still had people out there that wanted to know about our music and what we're doing now. So. That's because you guys showed us how it was done, Wardle. We are still trying oh. to standard. Come on. Oh, thank you so much. We, you know, I, I, I know a lot of the artists. I've, I've been uh, fortunate to perform with several of the artists from the era that I was known for at the time, which was disco. Yeah. And many of the artists uh, that I've worked with, a lot of them you know and love, uh, we all really do appreciate. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that there are many people that you know, want to know what we're doing now and still love our music from back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really appreciate that. Yep. And did you play at the, the Paradise Garage back in the day as well? Was that some gigs that you had in there as well? I'm sorry, could you repeat that again? I said, did you uh, play at the, the Paradise Garage as well? Garage. Oh yes, garage Paradise Garage. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Can you tell yes. us a little bit about that experience because <laughs> that place is just absolutely legendary, you know. Yes, actually, I did. I did Paradise Garage twice. Brilliant. Uh, for for Frankie Crocker, you know, from WBLS. Yeah, yeah. He all yeah. He had me 
not only to do not, not only to do two shows at Paradise Garage, but I did a couple of birthday celebrations for Frankie as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was one of his I was one of his favorites. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I was right. absolutely one of his favorite artists. Uh-huh. What was that like? What, what was the Paradise Garage like at that time? That was really influential. What a place that was. Can you mm. explain that? Can you sum that place up? <laughs> yes. Paradise Garage was... Um, if you love dancing, and you love to party, yep. that was the place to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, cool. you... I mean, like, we would perform after midnight, you know, and... Into the wee hours of the morning, yeah, we would we would stick stick around and dance all night with everybody. It was just, I mean, and they appreciated our they appreciated us so much when we performed. It mm-hmm. Was it was amazing uh, the energy <laughs> and the DJs at that time, Larry Levan. Every every time I would, whenever I would go there, whether I was performing or I would just go there to party. Yep. I would see Larry Levan and he was so nice. And mm-hmm. so were the others that were there. You know, I don't remember all of their names, but I do remember Larry Levan. Yeah. And um, it was just everybody was so nice. Everybody was so nice and so, so loving. Yeah. You know, it was an amazing time. People just went to just enjoy the music and enjoy being around each other. That's right. Like, yeah, that's nothing that's else. Right. I thought it was an escape and just enjoy yourselves for that, for that night. That's that's right. And I mean, it would be packed. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember the first time I did the garage and I looked out from the outside and I mean, it was all, the lines were all the way around. I mean, it was just so many people. Yeah, yeah. And I had never been to New York before that, like you know, before I became an artist and, and got to do what I did in New York with my record company and everything. So I was really surprised that, um, you know, the popularity was like it was for yeah, what we yeah. were doing and for us as individual artists. And so it was first for me. And yeah. I tell you, it's something I, I'll, I will always cherish. Yep. I will always yeah. cherish that. Mm-hmm. What a memory. What an influential place. I think that uh, we all look back at that now and we all wish we could go, don't we, John? <laughs> we, really we, we have to reopen that place. <laughs> yes. It was so, so exciting. The music was hot I yeah. mean, all the music the djs played and the way that they played and spinned it was it was really unique it yeah. was unique it was more like the start of what everybody was raving about later on with rap music and how mm-hmm. the djs were able to scratch and all that but before that the, the, the djs in during the disco era they were phenomenal yeah. He showed you he showed you how it was done. Yeah. And they didn't use a lot of the electronic stuff that's done now. No nothing, no disrespect to what they're doing today. Yeah. Just to be able to do what you do with a record and have people who want to dance all night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you gotta be not you, you know, you had to that was like a real gift. It was a gift. Definitely. And some some of the sets those guys done were like six, seven, eight hours long. It was like a shift nowadays. Absolutely. That's <laughs> one hour, right. One hour and then we go and sit at the bar. For That's right. Absolutely That's, shattered that. That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. They spend all night. It was yeah. like they were, they were spinning even before we would come on and perform. 
yeah. So, you know, they were they were there early and then they would continue up until the wee hours of the morning. Yep. Yep. So, you know, that was really unique, you know, that they would have that kind of energy and drive. And yeah. even another thing back then, I don't know if you know this, but the DJs in the clubs, they made our records a hit yeah. in the club. Yeah. And they, they, you know, what they did got the attention of the record companies. So, you know, you know, there were lots of songs that never charted or hits mm-hmm. in the club. Okay. So, yeah, you know, and then a lot of us that were fortunate enough to have our records charted, they just took everything for us to a, another level. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I think that was the power of the DJ back then, wasn't it? The power Absolutely. of the DJ. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. The yeah, they had a they had a lot a lot of um, notoriety and whatever it was that was necessary to bring our music and everybody else's music to another level. Uh, that's interesting when you say like you didn't realize actually how big the scene was back then at the time. Um, until like, you were in the club and there were so many people coming along to like listen to the music because when you look back on it, when you haven't been there, I guess, like it's just that disco era. It sounds like it was massive, but it was actually kind of underground at the start then. Mm. Um, you're asking if the DJ started then with being noted that way? Yeah. For like what's going on now? I would yep. say so, yes, absolutely. And another thing the DJs did, they, uh, re- they reported to the pools. Mm-hmm. There were right. pools that, yeah, they, re- they would report, like, if you, those of us that were charted, and then we went on the charts in Billboard, Record World, and Cashbox, so there were three entities at that time yeah. they reported to. It wasn't just Billboard then. It was Record World and Cashbox as well. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a fact. Uh-huh. And um, DJs would they would report to the pool. Right. Yeah, it was like when I say a pool, I mean it was like so many of the DJs, and they would have a pool where uh, all the DJs would be, and they would decide whose records would be put, you know, between number one and number what, whatever. Okay. And, wow. mm-hmm, yeah, and then the record companies would take it from there they listened to the djs oh, like whatever okay. they said they liked record companies would say okay well we're gonna you know we're gonna pay more attention to whatever artists we have because the djs love them yeah That's how yeah. It went. yeah yeah that sounds like the djs were absolutely pivotal in a lot of careers back then then a lot of uh, careers like making people making big oh, artists absolutely you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just about every artist that was out there was definitely, you know, the DJs definitely had an influence in. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think even even the influence, it wasn't just around like New York and the surrounding areas. It hit the UK yeah. and it hit, all Europe, over. It hit the world, it, basically, wasn't it? <laughs> it was all over the United States. The pools yeah. were all over the United States. It wasn't just New York. Yeah. Or yeah. in every city. Every city. Yep. Every city reported. And then us, us Brits wanted a, a bit of the action as well over here, didn't we? we? We couldn't get enough of the disco over in the UK, and it took took the UK by storm as well. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, overseas has always been uh, that place that uh, artists have wanted to be uh, known and and get a chance to perform. Yeah, yeah. Overseas. We all look forward to that. That's, yeah. that's a very big thing yeah. for us. <laughs> absolutely. Yep. We absolutely love our, our friends overseas. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you all so much, you know, loving what we do. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's a different world on with social media and internet. But I was just driving back tonight. And I'm just thinking, God, it's incredible that we could all link up like this. I think, isn't, isn't it? it? Happen, we can talk to people like yourself and support yes. vocalists and just people that were creating that scene back then. And it's, a, a, it's an yeah. honor, really, isn't it, John? Yeah, it's great. Unreal. Well, I, I feel I feel like it's it's an honor speaking with you. Yeah. You know? um, you know, because they didn't have to remember what we did. They didn't even have to be interested in what we, we did back mm-hmm. then. So I think it goes both ways, honestly. We're, we're just trying to figure out how you guys done it so damn well. <laughs> <laughs> you're so trying to uh, figure it out. It's just from the heart. It's just from the that's heart. It. I think that's yeah, true. Yeah, it's all from, yeah. the, from the heart for the love of from the music. The I think. For the love of the music, yes. And so, what would you say are some of your best memories from... Know, being involved in the music, some of your best experiences that you've had? Hmm. When I worked with Sylvester. Oh, yeah. When I opened up for Sylvester in, in, in Washington, D.C. Huh. Really? In uh, 1980. Wow. Constitution Hall mm-hmm. was a really highlight for me. You know, he was with oh. uh, two tons of fun at that time. And I opened up for him. Brilliant. What was he like? Yeah. Was he a good, good character? He's a beautiful person. Yeah, beautiful. He was a beautiful person. Oh, I got to stand an ovation when I did when I opened up for him. The record company had forgotten to send the tracks to Super Sweet, so I had to do the song a cappella. Uh-huh. I did it from beginning to end, and everybody just—I mean—they fell in when I started singing. Everybody just loved what I when I finished. They just gave me a standing ovation. I mean, and then when I came off stage. Uh, Sylvester gave me a thumbs up and after the show he wanted to meet with me and that's when he thanked he thanked me for being on his show and I couldn't believe he had thanking me for being on his show (laughs) Uh, but he was just so such a nice person he was I was a big fan of his so have been asked to to be opening act him was just I mean I just couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it you know so a real That's amazing. I was in my twenties, so you know I was excited. You know, yeah. and <laughs> I, I, he, you know, according to him, you know, I was glad that I that he approved of, mm-hmm. of my performance because that meant a lot to me. Wow! Yeah, that is that's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that inspire you to do some more of your own stuff then, Wardo, and uh, keep branching out with your solo solo work and stuff. Then, yeah, absolutely. Between that and the record company and management I had at the time. Um, manage, management and public relations people I had were the same people that had a lot of the megastars. So, you yep. know, I got hanging out in New York and was at all the parties with all, you know, I mean, it was just a phenomenal time. It was like so many people that I got to meet that were represented by the same uh, company that I was represented. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I mean, every, I mean, if I told you that, I mean, everybody from Grace Jones to Stephanie Mills to whoever you wanted to think of, we all were represented by either the 
same public relations or the same managers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they, they continued to encourage me as well. Yeah. I went on. I, did, I continued to record. I recorded with different producers and other, comp- other record companies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I never stopped recording. I never stopped doing. Brilliant. But mm-hmm. There's one album cover, am I right? There's one you're holding as a snake to your face, Wardle? Oh, uh, yeah. It's cover? the first one. That, that was the first album. That looks scary. I was very afraid. <laughs> in, in the beginning of the photo shoot, if you could have seen my face. What, to kill us before that? Oh, my God. I was, I was, you know, when they asked me to pose with the snake, yeah. I said, okay, you know, I'm like young, you know, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll try it, you know. Yeah. And um, actually the snake, the way that I held the snake was not the way that it was depicted at, you know, on the album, because I didn't mm-hmm. hold the snake that way. I held the snake up. He was hanging oh, up. He was hanging, she, I'm sorry, the female <laughs> snake, yeah. Her name was Martha and she was from the Bronx Zoo. And she was, her, her um, trainer was holding her from a ladder and I oh, was like look right. I was looking up when they finished they did what they call trick photography now they call photoshop oh, they, yeah. turned, they turned it around to make it look like oh, okay. you know like the position was totally different than it was when I initially did the photo shoot yeah it sounds fairly terrifying <laughs> <laughs> it was terrifying at first uh but you know she was a she was a really sweet snake <laughs> it was my first. I know that sounds strange. That was yeah, my first well, time ever holding a snake, you know, because yeah. they're real cold. They really mm-hmm. feel cold and slimy, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, but you know, she kind of bond. We kind of bonded, like you do with, <laughs> like I have a cat, right? So I bond with my cat. You know, she felt like almost like a pet. Yeah, some people have snakes, right? So they bond with their, their snakes. Like yeah. for a minute there, it felt like something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't think I'd do that again now. Wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's a very, di- it's a very distinctive cover. It was totally worth it. Yeah. Uh, uh, distinctive cover. Yeah, I've been yeah. told that. <laughs> I've been told that. Yeah. And you made that snake very famous as well. So you've done a good thing. That's a very famous. Yeah. Probably, probably the most famous snake in the world, actually. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what they told me. That's what they told me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what? It was what, quite what, an experience. Quite an experience. I bet. What, what's the future then, Wardle? What can we expect from you in the future? What's your plans, you and Troy? The, the miracle man, Troy, is always up to things. And tell him I'll leave him alone for a while after this. Well, you want me to let him answer that for you? Because he's right here. No, what you want you guys, you can tell us between the two of you what you guys got coming okay. up. Then. What you guys yeah, got Yeah, well, up. I mean, well, Troy, you want to tell him real well, quick? Oh, whatever she decides that she wants to do, Yep. what we're going to do. <laughs> so listen, she's the boss. I'm just here. I'm along for the ride. That, that is the right answer, Troy. That is the right answer. <laughs> she's the boss. As long as there's no snakes. <laughs> yeah, as long as there's no snakes. That's all. That's all. No, really, really quick. <laughs> Oh, we really want to see how this we really want to see how this single does yeah legendary yeah. and um yeah. there are some perspective plans in the work but first we just really want to focus all of our attention on legendary yeah, yeah. 
And for people that are listening to this, where can they go to hear the single and download it? It's on all the social, uh, all, sorry, all the uh, musical plat- streaming platforms. Yep. It's on all of them. If they just want to listen to it, you know, before they purchase it, they can hear it on YouTube. It's on YouTube as well. Really? Awesome. We can back that up, hey, John. Go go out and buy it, guys. Go out and support <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please. Buy and download. Please, yeah. That would be wonderful if you, yeah. We appreciate it. We really will appreciate that. No, keep up the great work, Wardle. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on for a, for a chat. I hope you'll come on and join us again sometime. And me and John will always get behind your music and what you guys are doing. We'll try our best to... Uh, we don't seem to leave Zoom that often, so we'll do our best <laughs> to shout about it and promote it and do what we can, all right? Oh, thank you so much, Paul. And John, appreciate you all so much, you know, having me on your uh, on your show. I appreciate yep. it. And uh, it's, been, it's been so much fun. I hate for us to have to... You know, I have to go. I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, we, we, we just started the show up because I miss John so much in lockdown. I John. <laughs> <laughs> your face more on Zoom. You know, so we've seen more of each other this year on Zoom than we ever did before. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks a lot, guys. You take care, Wardle and Troy, and we'll catch up with you guys again soon, all right? Thank okay, you. that sounds awesome. Thanks, Thank John. you so much, and, and happy holidays to you guys, okay? You, you too. too.